Hello, and welcome to On the Horizon podcast. We are an extension of Horizon Church, a relationally driven, socially conscious, Jesus-centered church located in the heart of Towson, Maryland. We are recording at Dean Studios. Thank you, Bryce, as always. Today, we'll be chatting with Kate Fahey. Kate's a nurse. She's trained in trauma counseling. You can correct me if anything I'm saying is wrong. <laughs> She's home from Zambia, but heading back there in the next couple of weeks. Welcome, Kate. Thank you. Yeah. So I was trying to figure out where to start because um, there's so many things we could talk about. But I thought um, in just chatting with you before we just started, um, why don't you tell us how you went into nursing? Because that is not where you started right out of college. No, out of actually even during college, I was in finance. Okay. I worked as a financial advisor and then got into management and working with 401k plans and all the fun stuff. And I had a grandmother that got sick. She had a stroke mm. and was helping my mother with taking care of her. And we had all these nurses come into the house. Right. Um, and I was like, man, you know, I have such a passion for people and taking care of them. Why am I not doing this? So, yeah, it was later in life, I think it was around 27, where I was like, you know what, I think I'm going to go back to school and become a nurse. So I started that whole schooling process over again. and Which is always a little intimidating when you haven't been in school yeah. for a while. But, it, you know, it was fun. Good. I actually enjoyed it. And Good. I think because it was really what I was meant to do, mm. like I was getting really good grades, it seemed, even though it was difficult work sure um it was very interesting it was a lot of fun and so i enjoyed it um and then graduated nursing six years ago okay okay yeah. so with the nursing did it feel like a calling versus a career or were you not there at that point yet um it was definitely a calling but i didn't realize it till i started getting into it that I was just like, man, this is what I was mm. created to do. Sure. Um, it made you kind of light up. Yeah. And then it was funny because I actually went back and looked at pictures from when I was a little girl. And I had totally forgotten that even my brother's baseball team, I was the nurse for the eh? team. Oh, funny. And I used to carry around this little lunchbox, which was actually a first aid kit. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. So somewhere, <laughs> way back when, yeah. I knew it. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, had forgotten about it. Right. You're a healer. You've yeah. been a healer since you were little. That's mm -hmm. really cool. Um, so tell me how you got to Zambia, because I want to talk about that a lot today. Yeah. So, so from nursing school to Zambia, how did that happen? It was um, summer of 2013. I was still in nursing school. I went to, um, it's called a transformational leadership um, kind of training okay it was down in Virginia and it was Christian based mm -hmm. and when I went through this training they found out I was in nursing school mm -hmm. and the lady that was heading up the training at the end she's hey you know we're gonna be doing a medical mission to Zambia next year would you be interested I was wow. like huh <laughs> <laughs> hmm oh uh, you can send me some information right <laughs> kind of my like no. <laughs> but so that so it wasn't on your radar to go overseas, go to Africa, anything yeah, like that. Not at all. And when I thought about Africa, I just thought about like, oh my gosh, it's got to be so hot. Mm. You know, there's all these bugs and mosquitoes and malaria. And I was just thinking like, no, that's definitely not something I want to do. But I said, send me some information. And sure. um, 
and we'll see. And I started praying about it. And the crazy thing is every time I prayed, the mm. Lord answered. And mm. it was very, very big ways. And I told him when I prayed, I was like, Lord, I need not just a little sign. Like I need this blinking arrow that's pointing <laughs> at Zambia. And it can't, right. even, I don't even want the confirmation to be Africa. It needs to be specifically Zambia. Right. And at that point, I was going to church in Baltimore City and I prayed that prayer on the way down to church. And when I get there, I told a friend, I said, hey, I prayed this prayer today and you know what? We'll see if God yeah, <laughs> is going to let me, through. if he's going to show me or yes right. or no. And we get down there and the pastor's talking about living in community and the importance of it. Mm-hmm. And right at the end of his sermon, he puts up this um, saying on a screen and it says, those who run alone run fast, but those who run together run far. Hmm. A Zambian proverb. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, my stomach dropped. Oh, yeah. I was like, no. <laughs> and my friend turned around and he was like, you're going. I was yeah. like, no. Oh. So <laughs> but, were you like asking for these signs thinking like, I hope I don't have to yes. go? Okay. Yes. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Um, but it was like five times I prayed that wow. prayer very specifically and very specifically he answered. So, um, had that happened before? Was that kind of your um, way of walking in the world in faith? No, <laughs> no, this was new. This was new. Okay. Um, so I knew I couldn't deny it. And right. I will say, so she sent me the information in October for a trip that was going to be taking place in June. And all of these confirmations were coming all throughout. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until April, six weeks before the trip, that I actually committed to going. Wow. Because I was terrified. I sure. was just like, I don't think I can do this. And I think even the day she sent me the information, I got the email and I was doing one of my practicals in the hospital. And my patient went into respiratory distress. Mm. We had to take him to the ICU and the patient got intubated. Wow. And all of a sudden I had this, oh my gosh, they want me to go over and do medical missions. Right. I'm not going to have any of this technology there. What if that happens in Zambia? What What am I going to do? And so it it was a whole nother um, Mm. fear. Sure. It wasn't just going and sharing the gospel, which is scary and important on its own, but then to add the medical part yeah, as a new, a brand new, new. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. still in nursing school. So that was just like a whole new level. And I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> There's no way. Um, but I was um, getting ready. It was that April. I was getting ready to go preach a message. God was giving me a message, um, faith that moves mountains. Mm. And I was going to preach at this worship night. And I had like, it was such a clear message. And I went and talked to my pastor at the time. I said, I don't know what to do. Like, I have this message, but I don't think I can actually give the message because, uh, like, three days later, I should have been going to Zambia. Mm. And he's like, well, why aren't you going to Zambia? And I was like, he's like, did the Lord tell you, like, you're not supposed to go? And I was like, no, he has, but I just don't think I can do it. And he was like, well, maybe you just need to give in and say, like, all right. right. This yes. is what I'm doing. Yeah. So it was then that I was just like, all right, I have this message God's given me for a reason. Right. So I committed. And at that point, I just graduated nursing school. So I did not have much money. Mm-hmm. Hadn't yet gotten my nursing job yet. And I was like, I have no clue how I'm going to 
financially do this. Right. Because they wanted $3,500. Okay. Plus, I think it was like $700 I had in medical like shots and pills right, and stuff right, like that. Right, all this stuff. And I was like, I don't know how that's going to happen. And my pastor was like, just let God take care of that. So the interesting thing was it was six weeks before I was leaving, hmm. which is seven days a week. That's actually 42 days. And I had to raise $4,200. Oh, my gosh. And it came in at like... Pretty much an average of a hundred dollars a day. Wow! And I actually wound up raising more. It was able to sew in money to some of the projects over nice. there. Yeah. But it blew my mind how <laughs> I was even thinking well, maybe <laughs> the money doesn't come in. Yeah. I won't. I have won't to have go. to go. <laughs> but it did. Yeah. And I was absolutely terrified the day before I left. I think I cried most of the day. Sure. Um. What were you afraid? What were you mostly afraid of? I was going with a team from California. Okay. And so I'm going by myself. Right. I was meeting them in Dubai mm. and then flying there with them. So one, traveling by myself sure. internationally, I was actually kind of like, Lord, you couldn't send me with any- somebody. Right, <laughs> like, right. And also the fact that for me, I was like, I this is something I felt I should have a husband. Mm. You know, I'm a single woman, like. Lord, why are you sending me as a single woman? Why wouldn't you let me have a husband by my right, side to do right. this? Um, and then there's also, I had this vision of like getting there and there'd be like lions just roaming around freely and spiders and snakes right. and malaria. So all these things sure. that you hear about Africa. I mean, another thing was like, I heard from so many different countries, like it don't stop at checkpoints because mm. they might not be actual police officers. Oh, sure. But that stuff doesn't happen in Zambia. Okay. But I didn't know at the time. Right. So our first police stop, I was like, wait a minute, don't stop. Don't stop. <laughs> we need to keep going. Yeah. So I had a lot of fears. A lot of them were, after getting there, after a few days, mm-hmm. were somewhat put to rest. Okay. Realizing, okay, this is a safe country. It's a safe place. Right. The lions are only in certain areas. <laughs> <laughs> Not freely roaming. Was it more modern than you expected when you got there? Or about, about what you expected? I think it was about what I expected. Okay. Um. In the past years, as as I have been going, right, they have definitely like the capital city Lusaka has gotten a little bit more modern. But we went to places my first year that um, definitely more rustic, mm-hmm. and um, out in the bush we did bush medical clinics. So it was about what I expected. How long were you there that first time? Two weeks. Okay. And what? What's the craziest thing that happened during those two weeks? The craziest thing. <laughs> um, or most surprising or. I'll say. So two things. One, <laughs> our second night there, we stayed at a mission compound. So it was a place where they trained up missionaries and okay. sent them out. Right. And that was a very rustic place. And we came in there one night and there was this giant crazy giant spider that came in through the window and was like on the wall and we're talking and I'm watching it the whole time right and they're like all right time to go to bed and I'm like wait a minute like who's gonna do something yeah. about that spider yeah. like what do we yeah. and they're like oh no 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 they're fine like the big ones on the wall they're your friend they eat mosquitoes <laughs> we, we leave them and Yikes. I just I just that night I laid there all night I prayed sure. all night I just yeah. until I fell asleep I was praying because I just had this vision that this giant spider was going to come crawling on me sure. in the middle of the night. Sure. Um, 
But survived that night. Good, good, glad. Um, glad to hear it. Right at the end of the trip, on the um, every time we do those trips, they have what they call a Sabbath at the end. Okay. So it's a time where you get to do some of the like sightseeing. And we wound up going to Victoria Falls. Mm, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, it's one of the seven wonders of the world. Right. Um, it's about a mile long. And during the day, people had told us, you should come back tonight because tonight is a lunar rainbow. Oh, so what's a lunar rainbow? A lunar rainbow is when there's a full moon and the light from the moon shines on the mist of the falls and you see a giant that rainbow. That sounds amazing. It was beautiful. So we got to go back that evening and before the moon even came up, the the stars in the sky were crazy. Mm-hmm. I think we saw like four different planets. We saw the Southern Cross. You wow. could see the Milky Way. It was one of the most breathtaking. It was like being in a planetarium, but actually outside. It was real. Sure. And then when it came out, we saw the lunar rainbow. And I just wound up going and sitting right next to the water on a rock. And I put worship music on my headphones. Mm-hmm. And it was like amazing. Like I was even like having a conversation with God. Like, I can't believe you brought me here to this place. Yeah, right. And here I'm thinking so selfishly, Lord, why haven't you given me a husband? Mm. And it was like, in return, he actually gave me, it was like a little honeymoon with him. Sure. Um, That's amazing. How sweet. Yeah. Okay. He's so kind. Very kind. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, all right, like, I trust you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I see your hand on all of this. Yes. And like, whatever you want to do, like, I'm in. Right. So what kind of things, um, what kind of things did you see in the clinics? Um, that first year, we were in a village called Chancosa, and I think we saw a total of 585 patients. That's a lot. Feels like a lot, lot for two weeks. It was a lot. And um, I'm trying to figure out, it was at least half the people had malaria. Mm. And there was times where they would be coming in, and I just would walk outside and just go down the line of people that were waiting to come in. And I could point out the kid, like I, you could just look at some of the kids and knew that they had fevers. So mm-hmm. I went over, took their temperature, and I would just start bringing them in, start right. giving them the um, medicine. But we, it was with the day we got there to the village, we pulled up and they were like, "Come inside, come inside." Like we didn't, there wasn't even like this, no time for a greeting or right. like welcome to the village. Or, like we had this little girl, she's unconscious mm. and. We need your help. So we get in there, and she was an 18-month-old little girl, and she was unconscious. Her She had malaria. The fever got so high that she had a seizure Mm -hmm. and then went unresponsive. So we were able to kind of get her awake, not even really awake enough, but we got the medicine in her. And the amazing thing is, by the end of the day, she started waking up. She was still groggy. Sure. But she was waking up. She was doing better. And the next day, her mother, who I think was like a mile and a half walk, Mm. carried her all the way back just to see that she was well. Yeah. And we know that, like, if we hadn't gotten there with the medicine, she wouldn't have survived that night. Right. Wow. And it's such a simple thing. Like, Mm -hmm. the medication, it's, you know, a couple pills for three days that you take. Wow. That's all you need. All you need. Right. But these people only get these clinics once a month. Mm. And some place, some places don't even have clinics. Sure. Um, so, you know, it's amazing to see just also 
the severity of the poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, so many kids there were coming up and we never had food or anything out. Okay. We never took food with us. Okay. It was our thing that like we would eat in the morning. We'll eat it when we come back because mm-hmm. we're not going to bring food when they're not. They can't eat. Yeah, they can't yeah. eat it. And we did bring some times where we brought some milk and different like rolls and stuff out for them. Um, but we wouldn't eat mm. in front of them. Um, yeah, it was definitely life altering. For sure, me. Yeah. sure. Was it was it hard to come back? Was it hard to leave? It was definitely it was hard to leave. Um, the interesting thing was on my flight back, I flew through Dubai and mm-hmm. had oh, a 20, which is excess, yeah. <laughs> excess, had a, a twenty hour layover. Yeah, in Dubai. yeah. And they give you. Um, along with through your airline ticket, they give you, um, hotel accommodation, shuttle and food vouchers for the hotel. Okay. So I actually got and got to see some of Dubai Mm. and it was, that was probably the most difficult part. Right. Because not only are you going from such extreme poverty, then you go to such extreme wealth where people are just blowing billions of dollars on stuff that like, like, oh my gosh, I was looking at some of the stuff that they were doing. I'm like, Oh my gosh, how many people could that feed? Right. Sure. And so that was difficult. But I will say coming home, I remember the week I came home, I was driving and I had this feeling in my, like such a sadness. I'm like, what is this feeling? And I realized I was homesick Mm. and I couldn't believe how could I be in a place for two weeks and be homesick Yeah. when this is a place, you know, Baltimore, I've lived my whole life. Right. Um, but definitely I knew then that, that God had more for me there. Mm. So, so did you immediately know, or not immediately, but when you got back, no, I've got to go again. I knew I was definitely going to go again. Yeah. And I wasn't sure what that meant for me. (laughs) Like, oh, what's my future going to look like? Right. Um, but, and when I was there, there was a certain area. Mm -hmm. It's funny out this one road that just kept feeling like home. Yeah. And it's interesting because when even now when I've been back, that's actually where I've been staying. Wow. There was a a connection there somehow. Mm -hmm. What do you wish you had known before you went? Like if you could talk to yourself. Oh, well, I definitely the fears, all the. okay, And, you know, there's other people that have gone to Zambia since I've gone, um, obviously, on when I've gone back on different trips that they had the same fears. And I was like, let me just tell you, <laughs> these were all my fears. Right. And this is what it was actually like. Mm. Um, and I, you know, and I definitely do tell them like, there are giant spiders. <laughs> right. But I can promise you. Right. They will not harm you. Uh, and it's funny because now the giant spiders, I see them on the wall and I'm like, all right, you do your job. <laughs> you eat those mosquitoes and yeah, you can yeah, stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're not even a big deal anymore. No, not at all. They're definitely my friend. Um, Did you feel um, sometimes I've heard people say that here in the United States, a a sense of like that spiritual battle that goes on in the unseen world. We don't feel it as much here. It's far more subtle. Not that mm -hmm. it's not here. We just don't feel it. Sometimes when you're, in different cultures, it feels more obvious. Did you did you sense that at all there or no? I will say there are things definitely heightened 
on both sides. So okay. There, you definitely sure. feel that there's um, different types of, um, I'll say stuff that's kind of oppressive, but then right. there's also, when I've been over there, it's been amazing where um, even in my gifts mm-hmm. that I know like the Lord's given me, where it kind of blows my mind. Like I've had somebody who oh, was like, do you have a word for this person? I remember looking like, Huh? (laughs) But very quickly, the Lord gave me a very specific word for, so I, I feel like everything's heightened a little bit. Gotcha. So both, both sides, Mm -hmm. you're the spiritual side and the Holy Spirit is freer, but then the pushback is maybe more obvious. And I'll say there is with Zambia, it's a Christian nation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, But there is also a lot of what they call like voodoo Mm -hmm. that's kind of, and even there's some witchcraft mm-hmm. that gets entangled with some of the Christianity. And um, I've definitely seen a lot that I've never seen here. Um, and I've learned a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's been um, definitely, it's stretched me in my spiritual walk and challenged me but in a great way and so how has it stretched you and challenged you um so one thing I had always known about deliverance and heard about it but I had never seen so so how we need to define that just in case people don't know what that means and I'm gonna throw out a definition and then you can add or or take away from your so deliverance is sometimes we are um oppressed or tormented by the evil that's out there. So maybe a spirit of fear, a spirit of anxiety comes on us. We can feel that kind of push from outside. So deliverance would be a prayer for the Holy Spirit to tell those guys to leave us alone. Yes. Would you want to add to that? Um, no, I think it's true. It's something okay. that oppresses, not necessarily okay. something that com- that's... In somebody. Right, right. Um, tends to yes. more come from outside. Um, I will say I was over there in some services mm-hmm. that where very clearly there was people that were having physical manifestations mm-hmm. going on of something that was definitely um, not of God. Okay. So very quickly, I was the pastors over there like, okay, you go pray for the girls. And I was like, oh, Okay, <laughs> what, what am I doing? <laughs> what do I pray for? <laughs> but, you know, the Holy Spirit is so amazing mm. that it really was just like just saying yes and knowing that, okay, I'm going to go pray for these right. girls, um, that the Holy Spirit just led me in prayers to pray. Mm. And it was just amazing that by the end of the prayer, the girls, there was just such a sweet release mm. and... um and then you could tell that they then were just overwhelmed with the feeling of love from the father. Right. Which is an amazing thing yeah. to see. Yeah. So it's that's what I'm saying. It's definitely um, very growing a lot spiritually. Sure. In ways that I just had never imagined. Did, so did you, was it normal for you to hear the, the spirit like, Holy Spirit like that? Hear God kind of direct you like that before yeah, I, you went? Yes. I mean, I think... I had already kind of gotten used to um, hearing the Holy Spirit at um, 
I would say probably a few years before that, I was kind of being stretched and praying for people mm-hmm. and um, stepping out in that. And it was through that that I learned how much the Holy Spirit could speak to me, uh, you know, while praying about mm-hmm. what to pray for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've learned to, to trust that voice. Right. Right. Um, so I think that was a good comfort going over there, knowing that I can, I can allow him to teach me mm. even in the middle of stuff. Right. That's amazing. So six years ago was when you went the first time, right after you yes. graduated, you came back mm-hmm. and then we're working as a nurse. Yes. Worked as a nurse. Um, I, the following year I had a medical problem, wasn't able to go in 2015 but headed back in 2016 for another two-week trip. Okay. And then when it came time for 2017, very clearly the Lord was like, you're going to go for six to eight weeks. And I was mm. like, what? Yeah. Let me <laughs> ask you a quick question. And yeah. this was not a question I told you ahead of time. So if you, do, if you don't want to go there, just tell me. But there are some people critical of short-term missions, mm-hmm. of you swoop in and you swoop out. How do you, how have you seen that? Because now you're going for a longer period of time. Do you feel like short-term missions are worthwhile, something to pursue? Obviously, it was important to you. How do the people there receive it? Do you know, do you know what I'm not? Yeah. You know what I'm saying yeah. about some people are critical of that. I think I think it's beneficial. Mm-hmm. I do understand. The, how people or why they're critical. Right. I understand that because it is very difficult, especially like where I work a lot with kids. Mm-hmm. So there's children's homes where, and I know people that have grown up in those children's homes mm-hmm. who now are like in their 20s. Mm. And that was the difficult thing for them. Sure. Where people come somebody and would gone. come and then they're gone and you never see them again. Right. So I understand that as being difficult. I will say... If you can change one life, mm. or even if your own life can be changed, mm-hmm. I think it's worth it. Okay. Um, and for me, depending on, like, for me, <laughs> like, there was such a connection. I couldn't. You, you've you continued to go back. Yeah. So to me, that's different than somebody who goes once and that yeah. never goes again. Whereas you've developed relationships, I, relationships and, yeah. with people. Sure. Um, but I... For me, no matter what, if the Lord's leading you to do it, oh, yeah, do it. Okay. There's a purpose. There's a reason. Sure. There's a plan. Sure. And I. Wouldn't... And who knows? You might keep going back, like exactly. you did. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Yeah. So tell me about the six to eight. How do you do that with a job? Go for six to eight weeks. How did that work out? Well, at that point, I was having the medical issue. Okay. I, so I still wasn't able to work in the hospital. Okay. Um, and I was on disability. And I talked with, I was like, you know what, here's the thing I need to, not that anybody told me I had to, but I was like, I'm going to talk with a disability company, talk to my doctor, talk to work and be like, Mm -hmm. look, I'm still out. It's going to be a while. Like, this is what I'm thinking about doing. And I figured if I got permission from all three of them, then it's on. Okay. (laughs) So, and I got permission from all three. Not that, and they're like, we really don't need permission. Like you can just go. My boss is like. Like, what else are you going to be doing? Right. Like, you're just sitting at home right now. I'm like, yeah. So she's like, no, go do it. Um, so I went and it was two weeks with the team I normally go with. Mm-hmm. 
And then I had five weeks there on my own. Okay. And I wasn't sure how that was going to go. Um, I had a couple of projects lined up, but um, I was definitely going walking by faith on this one. Right, right. Um, I lined up a place to stay <laughs> that was far out and I didn't have a car. So that was interesting. Mm-hmm. And I wound up being out there by myself. So that was wow. a whole new experience. Yeah. Um, out in the, in the bush, right. in a house where, um, I remember asking friends of mine, I'm like, so when I'm out here, what's, what's the 911 number? <laughs> like, if there's somebody that yeah. breaks in, yeah. if I have a, you know, a heart a, attack. Like, a lion what, walks by, yeah. what do we do? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, who do I call? And they're like, just call us. Yeah. <laughs> if there's a problem, we'll have our phones on. We'll come out to you. Yeah. Um, but the most amazing thing on that trip which I had no clue was going to happen was when I was with the team, we were on this long bus ride from a place called Chapada, which is on the far East coast or Mm -hmm. coast East border of Zambia. And we were taking a 16 hour bus ride to Livingstone, which is on the far West side. Mm -hmm. So in this little mini bus, um, was definitely wasn't the most comfortable ride. (laughs) And I just remember towards the end of it, I was in the, the van or the bus I had my worship music on and I was like just had my own personal time with the Lord and very clearly he gave me this vision Hmm. for um, a transformational home for kids who'd been abused neglected wow and I was so big so overwhelming I just started writing everything down Mm -hmm. and then he very clearly told me I need to share that vision with this woman. Her name was Pastor Mercy. Mm-hmm. So. What a great name. Mm-hmm. Mercy. Yeah. Pastor Mercy. Pastor I love Mercy. it. Pastor Mercy. Yeah. So I went and I was like, hey, you know, the Lord was giving me a vision and um, put it on my heart to share it with you. And I started telling her about it. And she's like, oh, my goodness. Well, she's like, the Lord, you know, has put on my heart a safe home for women who have been oh, okay. abused. Yeah. And she was like, you know, that's just interesting because I know that children were going to be a part of it. Right. But I didn't like she goes, I don't feel called to the children. And I just knew that God was going to bring somebody Mm. for the children. Yeah. And she's like, and the interesting thing is that somebody just offered me property. Wow. And she's like, so she's like, after your trip is over with the team. Right. Let's go out. You know, after they head out, why don't we go check out this property? I was like, all right. Let's go check it out. So then I started seeing like, okay, Lord, you're doing something yeah, here. Yeah. And we went out to see this property and it was amazing, beautiful piece of land that's far out. Um, and it was actually near an army barracks. So we're, the good thing about that is the electrical grid. Oh, sorry. The, the infrastructure well, is there. there. And okay. then also they have a thing over there called load shedding. So that's when... They have to reserve power. Okay. So certain hours of the day, they'll cut it off. Cut it off, sure. But out by the army barracks, they don't cut it off. If you're on their grid, your electricity will stay on. Nice. So we're like, this is good. And um, we found out the price of the land mm-hmm. and what it would cost um, and had some donations where right then we were able to put a deposit on it. Wow. And by the time my seven weeks was finished... By the time I landed back in the U.S., there was people in the U.S. that had found out from the team that I was with mm. about what was going on right. that sent money over and the land was paid for. Oh, my goodness. And what, a, what a beautiful confirmation. Yep. So everything was just kind of falling into place. And um, 
it was the one thing that during that trip, I was like, Lord, like you're, you're taking me down this road for kids who've been abused, neglected. I don't want to cause more damage to them. Right. Right. Like, how do I help them? They've been through so much. Sure. So if you're, we're doing this, like I'm not trained in this. Like, what am I going to do? How am I supposed to help these kids? Um, and when, as soon as I got home, I got to say, that's very wise of you. I, you know, I, I've known people who have rushed in thinking, well, God's in it. So he'll, I'll figure it out. But how wise of you to know you needed some more training. Definitely needed more training. He did remind me of, um, the funny thing is when I was in high school, I used to volunteer at a place called St. Vincent's mm-hmm. in Timonium. Sure, in the city. Yeah. Or in Timonium. Oh, the one in Timonium. Okay. Yeah. So, and it's a, a home for kids who've been abused and neglected. Mm-hmm. And um, it was my, I guess, junior year and senior year of high school that I volunteered there. So when I got home, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to check out maybe volunteer options mm-hmm. and see if that's something. And the interesting thing is they were hiring for a nurse. Wow. I was like, huh, I didn't even know they had nurses there. Yeah. So, um, I went and checked it out and got the job. Wow. And it was amazing because I got to learn so much through about trauma-informed care. Sure. Um, a lot of hands-on stuff with the kids. And also, right when I got home, a friend of mine introduced me to the Trauma Healing Institute, which is a part of the American Bible Society. Okay. So I went through training with them. Nice. To become a facilitator of trauma healing. Okay. And the American Bible... Because it, it, it is a diff- It's kind of a unique lane it's different than Mm -hmm. somebody who deals with anxiety or work you know a trauma is a whole different lane yeah and the the interesting thing about the american bible society is they were sending all these missionaries out for years Mm -hmm. all different countries and definitely in africa what they were running into was as they were coming in and trying to introduce a loving god Mm -hmm. to these people They've all, a lot of them had gone through so much trauma, Mm. so much hurt, so much pain that they could not even fat, like understand, wait a minute, this happened to me and this happened to me. Why would such a loving God allow all that to happen? So they were hitting this as like a roadblock. Mm. And so they, they, um, researched and came up with this program of the trauma healing Institute in order to help people process, Mm -hmm. Um, and even grieve with the trauma, mm. um, just to go through that process. And in that process of learning to heal from the trauma, then introduce him to a loving to, God. Right. Right. And so it was a great actually tool for me to use with the, um, the kids I was working with at St. Vincent's. Right. So right. everything kind of just fell right into yeah. place. Yeah. And I started seeing like, Oh, like how much. All it takes is me taking a step and then God just lays out mm-hmm. all the other steps in front. And um, even So was the the project in Zambia, the the home, was that all was your intent to go go back and run something? To there do you know what I mean? Like what was going on in Zambia while you were here? Yeah, Lear- so learning the, how to help kids that have been through trauma. The hope is always getting ready to start building the safe home. Mm-hmm. Um, the first phase of the project would be the safe home for women. Okay. And once that's up and running, then start the transformational home for the kids. Knowing that once some of these ladies get rehabilitated, it would actually be employment for them. It could help oh, them. Oh, what a great idea. Yes. Taking care yes. of the children. Yeah. Um, so... 
all of that was kind of in play. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, one of the most amazing things at St. Vincent's was they had for many years done chapel with the kids. And I'd ask them, like, wait, there's a chapel here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, that well, like, we used to do it, but nobody's in that position anymore. Um, and when I asked them about it, they're like, oh, we just... You know, nobody's, it's such nobody a low, it's a low it paying on. job and nobody yeah. really wants to do it. And I was like, well, I'll do it. So it was amazing how that even the door opened up for me. Right. So I started doing um, Sunday services for the kids. That's so cool. Which now is like actually one of the things I'm doing back in Zambia is starting mm. a children's church. Okay. And so it's amazing just to see how God's how, prepared you and changed yeah. you and all these different ways out throughout my life, how he's just prepared me for all these Mm -hmm. different steps. Had you always wanted to work with kids? Is this a surprise that you're ending up helping children? No. I mean, I think I've always loved kids. Right. I've always, I mean, I used to nanny. I used to take care of kids. Anytime anybody needed a babysitter, I would definitely be like, yeah, you don't even have to pay me. Like I'll just (laughs) hang out with the kids. Right. Um, Even nursing, I think originally I did want to get into pediatrics, but I knew I had to kind of go and work in the hospital um, with the adults first. Mm -hmm. But I never imagined this path. Right. Right. Um, So this year, you, you are, your intent is to be there a year. You've been there a few months, and you're back for a little bit. Um, tell me what you're doing, why you, you went back for a year. So last 2018, okay. when I was there that summer, I was there for five weeks. And okay. I was pre- very clearly, Lord was like, next year it's going to be a year. Okay. And I really didn't know what that meant or what it was going to look like at that point. Um, but I did know one of the main things was the safe home for women and children. Mm-hmm. Wanted to find a way to start getting that rolling, rolling, maybe get the building. We started getting, um, architectural plans. Okay. And so that was one of my main goals. Um, there's also, I have a couple different projects. There's a children's home called village of hope that mm-hmm. I partner with. And I went there, um, for a month in July Okay. And was able to do nursing. Mm-hmm. And it worked out um, for the good. But um, there was a doctor there that she's the, the sole medical person. Wow. For the children's home, which has 109 kids. Then there's a school that has 620 kids. Wow. And then they also provide medical care for all the 140 employees and their family. And so she what, got, one doctor's taking care one doctor, of all these people. All of those people. So she actually, right after I got there, got very sick. Mm. And she was out for a few weeks. So the timing, God knew they were going to need somebody need during that yeah. time. Right. And it was just perfect timing to be there. And um, it was interesting. I definitely saw a lot of different things. And, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm glad that I was able to be there for that time. And continue to build relationships with those kids. Those kids are like, I mean, they're definitely family to me. Mm-hmm. And I go up to see them about once a month. Okay. I visit. And normally when I go up, do some type of event with them. I bring mm-hmm. up um, either a worship leader or a local um, Zambian artist that the oh. kids know. Oh, neat. Okay. So usually when I come, I bring them up and they're like, <laughs> they're like mm-hmm. auntie, auntie, are you a celebrity? <laughs> like, no, why? They're like, because you're friends with all the celebrities. So like, no. <laughs> That's funny. Um, they but, call you auntie? Auntie, yes. Yeah. 
Zambia is very relational, very mm. community focused. Yeah. And usually most of the, when kids know a man or a woman, it's not Mr. or Miss. Okay. It's auntie or uncle. Okay. And the closer you are to them, then you become, if you're really close, then you're mom or Aww. mom yeah. or dad. Um, so I have, I have a group, I have kids that call me auntie and then mm-hmm. I have kids that call me mom. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. Um, so Village of Hope is another yeah. project. Has said school friends of mine started a school back in 2014 in um, a a compound called Kanyama. So it's um, an area that has more poverty, and they started this school, and it has just grown. Mm. And they have to keep moving schools. And now that last year they built a whole brand new school for the kids. They have about 350 children at the school, mm. and I've been helping them administratively with their books, accounting, okay. sure. and as soon as I get back, I'll be doing all of the a clinic and doing the annual physicals for the kids. Look at you. All those skills God yeah. spelled in you. He's using them all. <laughs> Finance and, and <laughs> yeah. the medical. Yeah. And then um, the one thing I'm actually, I'm really excited about is back in the fall, I was just like, Lord, like, what else do you want me to do? Because I will say the one thing with um, the property is, it's got kind of, the building part of it's gotten put on hold. Okay. Because the army barracks that we were, like, so happy about right. being close by actually want the property. Oh, okay. Um, So they were coming in trying to take over the land. So right now we're actually, which they are kind of pulling back on saying they don't want it, but the people that sold us land are actually going to get us a different piece of property that... So there will be no issues okay. with the land. Okay. So that's, since that's been put on hold, I'm like, Lord, like, what else do you want me to right, do? And right. he's like, just showing me, he's like, look at all these kids you have around you. Yeah. And most places when I pull up, I, I get to know the kids very well. So mm-hmm. as soon as I pull into a place, it's auntie, auntie, auntie. Mm-hmm. And I'll have like 30 kids around me. Aww. And, um, Kanyama is definitely a place that, um, I feel at home. Mm-hmm. And there's a church there when it, when I go to visit the church, <laughs> like the row, ne- the row that I sit in and the row in front of me, behind yeah. me, usually there's kids yeah. there sitting there next to me the whole time. So I talked with the pastor about doing a children's church. Nice. So, and he's given me Saturdays where I can host a church there for the kids in the local community. So, um, so, so you're, what you're going to be doing is kind of involved since you first yes. went in July? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's always... Uh, the one thing right. I've learned about Zambia is um, whatever plans you have, mm-hmm. they will definitely change. <laughs> <laughs> and you need to learn to roll. Right. Just go with the flow. Right. Um, and I learned that on my first trip. Sure. And it's been true every single trip. There's always... You might have the, the best intentions and the well thought out, mm-hmm. secure plans, they will change. Yeah. But the amazing thing is no matter what, God's in control and it ends up being beautiful, whatever it is. Right. Um, and even with this children's church, there are, um, I'm not going to call them kids, but there's young adults from Village of Hope, the children's home, who mm-hmm. graduated from their school and are now going to Bible college in Lusaka. Okay. Where they have outreach hours that they do on Saturdays 
So I've already talked to them. I said, come and help you. Yeah. So they're going to come. They're going to help me with the kids because at the age, the young kids in Kanyama, a lot of them don't know English. Yeah. Because they haven't gone to school or they're just getting into school and they haven't really picked up the English. So um, the young adults (laughs) (laughs) that are at Rainbow Bible College are going to be coming over to help me. And it's amazing because they've already like a lot of them were actually running their Sunday church mm. with at the children's home. Okay. So they're, so they're used they, to this. They've got and, the experience. And... Yeah. So it's God's already, as soon as like I had the thought, he already had the place picked out. He had the, the people to right. support and help with right. this. Um, so. So what is it about Zambia that you love? Mm. The people. Yeah. Yeah. The, I remember my first trip when we would be driving in a van or in a bus going down, let's say 40, 50 miles an hour, mm-hmm. any person you passed on the road was waving and smiling. Mm. It's just every time you see somebody, right. they would be waving and smiling. It's like, man, like who takes... Like, <laughs> Nobody's waving and smiling even, at me driving down exactly. York and Road here. we don't here. Even see the people <laughs> that are passing us by. Right. Like, even if we're walking by them, we don't really see them. Right. So it was like that intrigued me. And... And then the kids, some of them, you go and you look that they might have a meal a day Mm. or maybe not even a meal a day. Mm -hmm. And they have such joy. Wow. And they don't have the video games. They don't have all these toys. They don't have all these, you know, the things that we, that grew up, the stuff Mm -hmm. I grew up with. Right. The stuff that kids hear, you know, that's what they do all the time. They don't have it, but they are, it's just the joy. It's mm. contagious. And That's neat. I think definitely seeing like actual visions that the Lord's given me of stuff mm. to do. Like, how could I not press forward right. with it? Right, right, right. How can you not give him a yes? Yeah. How do you think it's changed you going? How do you think Kate's different now than you were six years ago? Um, I think... The biggest thing was getting outside of my comfort zone, and it still is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, even six years ago, to know where I am now, mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine. Right. Like, the, the places I've been, the things I've done. I mean, I have slept in a tent <laughs> with an elephant bumping up against it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is. I'll tell that story really quick. Yeah, please. We had gone out to a place called Chapada. And one of the places we could stay was like the tents. If you wanted to go stay at the safari lodge, we'll call it a safari lodge. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We wanted to stay. They were only $15 a person. Wow. So we decided instead of trying to find a more expensive, like we wanted to find the cheapest place we could. So there were these economy tents and... We go to bed, and at this point, I'm there with. Uh, this was that year that I was there for seven weeks. Okay. And one of the things I got invited to do was to go around to some of the border posts of Zambia with some bishops and pastors. Mm-hmm. They were going around. They actually were going around all of Zambia, and I joined them on one trip to go pray at the borders. Oh, neat. Okay. And <clears throat> so we stayed at this uh, in these tents. And I remember waking up and hearing the elephants. I could hear them eating from the trees above. <laughs> but I was so tired from 
us getting up at 2 a.m. in the morning to go sure. drive the day before, I was like, I I know if I sit up and go look or anything, I right. will be wide awake. So I'm just turning over and going back to bed. <laughs> I'm trusting that God has yeah. me taken care of and I'm going back to bed. Well, I wake up in the morning and <laughs> they're all... The bishops, the You're pastors right. are like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, did you not hear the, <laughs> All the elephants? <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, but I just, I was like, I just, I know God's got it, so I'm going back to sleep. Yeah. Well, they were all up for oh, three funny. hours. Oh, wow, praying, watching. Texting their family. Saying, uh, elephants outside, tent, pray for us. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> don't text back or call because we don't want to stampede. <laughs> and I was just like, wow. At that point, I was like, man, I guess I've come a long way. Yeah. Because... You're a regular. I, I would have been freaking out just as much as they were. Yeah. <laughs> um. But it, God's definitely changed me in my level of faith, knowing mm-hmm. that, like, you know what? He, he's brought me here. He's going right. to take care of me. Right. And if he's provided, like, every sure. single thing I needed sure. to be here, then he's going to provide prov- right. protection as right. well. Absolutely. So, Amen. I will say definitely growing in that sense. Mm-hmm. I've learned now I can sleep about almost anywhere. I can go to the bathroom almost every day. Like, <laughs> yeah, come and true. I get to a bathroom here in the U.S. and I'm just like, oh, like that's kind of dirty. I'm like, wait a minute, I have been like, I've been in much worse. I've been in much worse. I can do this. <laughs> um, and I think the biggest thing is learning to, which I'm still learning, is um, there's definitely a time of loneliness, mm. and it happens a lot. Sure, <laughs> and. But still learning that, like, in that time is where God's doing the biggest work of me. Mm. Like, there's the things that he wants to reveal to me in that time mm. and to press into that time. Sure. Um, like I said, I'm st- it's still, it doesn't mean it's gotten any easier. Right, right. Um, I can hear that. I feel yeah. that. I hear it in your voice. Yeah. It hasn't gotten easier, but I do know that there's fruit in it. Mm. And I know that he's faithful in it. Yeah. That's good. Um. Have you thought about moving there? Um, it feels like your heart you keep get your heart keeps getting pulled back there. Yeah. Have you thought about moving there? I won't count it out. I okay. definitely won't count it out because I couldn't even imagine I would have been here for a year. Right. You know, God saying, "Oh, a year." So, I'm not going to count it out. Um I kind of feel like that's Zambia is always it's going to be a revolving door for me. Mhm. Um I feel like I will, will always be, be going, going back. back. Um, I'm open. I mean, if yeah. the Lord tells me, hey, guess what? Yeah, <laughs> we're moving. You're moving. Yeah. Then I'm in. Um, and knowing that, I, I mean, I always have friends and family here. Um, sure. And, you know, the good thing, the awesome thing last year was my great friends, Jen Stevenson yes. and Amy Cover came, came over with to see you. me. I saw a video of them singing. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. It was so much fun. Um, yeah. So anytime anybody wants to come yeah. visit, you are more than welcome. <laughs> I love it. So if somebody is listening to this right now and they're like, I want to go. Or I, I have a country that I keep getting my heart pulled towards. What would you tell them? Um, don't ignore it. Mm. Definitely don't, especially if you're getting a little tug on your heart. Don't ignore it. Um, press into it. And if you need the confirmation, ask the Lord for the confirmation. Right. Be right. like, okay, yeah, I need a sign. Cause I can tell you if he is calling you there, he will make right. it very clear. Um, and just trust that if he's calling you there, he will 
provide the resources. Sure. He will provide the protection. Sure. He will completely um, take care of you. It's, it's something that um, mm-hmm. it's an amazing faith walk and you get to actually take it and see, wow, like every single time I, every little worry or anything I come in mm-hmm. like that goes through my mind, he takes care of it every right. time. Right. I love that you get to work with the children. Is that what you're going to be doing when you go back is, is working with the kids at the school and. Yeah. I'll be working with the kids at the school doing all the, the physicals okay. for the 350 kids at Hesed school. Okay. Um, and then also the one thing there and is going to be doing some more of the spiritual trauma counseling. Okay. With the kids. Okay. In my back in 2017, when I went to the school, um, I did discipleship classes there mm-hmm. during that time. But it, it actually evolved mm. into some type, like kind of spiritual counseling. Sure, there was some kids there had gone through some trauma, and like after school, I would stay with them. We would talk and do some mm-hmm. times of prayer. Um, so that is still continuing, and there's also some children from um, a different church that um the pastors have introduced me to to do spiritual counseling so i have some that aren't involved with that school but um yeah the lord kind of just brings them all around can you tell me like a story about one of them in particular that's really touched your heart um so that's in 2017 when i went there was a girl um who two weeks prior to my, me coming had had somebody break into their home mm. and and they burglarized they stole stuff and raped her mm. and at two weeks she was in school how it was old, two how, weeks later how old is she she was at the time um probably 11 or 12 Ugh. and she's telling me her story mm-hmm. what had happened and i you know couldn't imagine at her age going through that and two weeks later actually being in school. Right. Um, and we were talking and there was even a teacher there that we were having the conversation and, and the teacher was saying, well, you know, the best thing you can do is just focus on your schoolwork and don't cry. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah. I was like, no, it's okay. It's okay to talk about it. It's yeah. okay to cry. And, you know, that's the thing you need to work through first. Mm-hmm. And and we prayed. And the interesting thing was in 2018, when I went back, we actually did a vacation Bible school type um, event for mm-hmm. the kids at the primary and even the older school kids. Mm-hmm. And at the end we had a time of prayer and she came up, she's like, auntie, do you remember me? I was oh, like, yes, I yeah, remember of course you. I do. And she was glowing Aww. and just, you could tell that even, you know, the Lord had definitely in that year had done a big work in her right. heart. Right. And so we got time to pray again together. Um, so that is, for me, like such a motivation. Absolutely. No wonder you want to go back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then also back in, I want to say it was August this year. I had met this little boy who he, <clears throat> I was at a, a, a filling station or a gas station mm-hmm. 
And when I went to get out of the car, he was there begging for, for money. And he looked about the age of like four. Wow. And I was like, well, what's your name? He said, Moses. Mm. I said, all right. So I went and got him some money. And next thing I know, I see him go around the back of the gas station and he's digging through the trash. And I'm looking and I'm just like, man, I could tell he like, he must be looking for food. Right. So I went back. I was like, Moses, like, come here. I had a friend with me that could help translate. Mm -hmm. Um, And... I was like, how about we get something to eat? There was a place there that had some chicken. And so we went in and and then he come to find out his younger, younger brothers wow. were sitting by the roadside waiting for him. So wound up getting him food and finding out what was kind of going on with him. Mm-hmm. And the one thing my friend had asked him, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. And he said, president. Aww. <laughs> and it was like, but you look at him and he was so dirty Mm. i've never seen a kid covered in so much dirt Mm. the clothes and the skin Mm -hmm. and i i talked to the people at the restaurant there that had chicken and they knew him okay he comes around often to beg for food Mm -hmm. and they said he does have a grandmother but she has so many grandkids that she takes care of she and she's older she doesn't have the means to take care of the kids she doesn't have money so he was on my heart and like a week later I came back and there he was. Mm. That's Auntie Kate, Auntie mm-hmm. Kate. So I see him and at that point he was crying mm. and there's other kids around. I said, well, what's going on? They're like, oh, well, he has um, no private parts. And I was like, huh? And they're like, he's in a lot of pain and come to find out he had had um, a couple of surgeries done for some the way things had grown okay. when he was, or how do I say it? There were some birth defects. Okay. And had surgeries that wound up causing severe infection. Oh, my goodness. So we, I was able to find out where the grandmother lived, mm-hmm. talk to her. We got him to the hospital. Mm. And he had such a severe infection. They had to clean out the whole wound. Mm. Um, they dressed it. And he was to go back every week for treatment. Sure. Um, but they did have, they, in March, he's going to be receiving a reconstructive surgery. Aww. And they said, as long as everything's healed properly, yeah. he can receive this surgery. They had a team coming. It wasn't Doctors Without Borders, but a team similar sure. like that, that was going to be coming to do, um, surgery. So they put him on that list. Mm-hmm. But, um, Kate, if know- you had not gone, if you hadn't been there, if you hadn't stopped to talk to him and gotten him some chicken and gone <laughs> back, you know, he could have died from the infection. It's crazy to think. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, like, through him, right. I have gotten to know so many other kids. Aww. So they seem like they know I have a, a 2000, year 2000 Jeep. So when I pull up, okay. that, like, they say they know the car. Yeah. And I'll come up and they start giving me updates on all the kids. <laughs> well, this one's doing this and this Aww. one's doing this. And, yeah. oh, this one got in trouble. And, oh, this yeah. one's in school. And, yeah. like... So I've gotten to know even more beyond this, beyond the school. Yeah. yeah. So many kids. Um, mm. So Moses is doing well now. Uh, and he actually, the grandmother is yeah. taking care of like seven kids. Wow. That um, her daughters are not able to take care of. Mm. So she's there and um, is actually hoping that we can get him a, a, a placement. Sure. In a children's home mm. where can especially after his surgery can take yeah. care of him a little bit better than she can mm. and 
Sweet little Moses. Which is like, she loves him and she wants him close, but she knows um, she wants the, like, for her, I mean, I think of like, what a selfless act, knowing that like, she's not fully able to take right. care of him and right. there's probably somebody that can. That could. Wow. Um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's... Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for going. Being that help to him. If somebody wants to, I know that you're still raising mm-hmm. financial support for going back. Um, how can they get a hold of you to get on your prayer team or be able to financially support you? Where where can they go to do that? Um. Well. How can they get a hold of you? My or... email. They okay. can email me at my email address is K F A H E Y. 24 at verizon.net um or if they're at church on sunday that'd be a great way to get in touch with me jen stevenson has my contact information um okay i can i have your email and i can get them to that too yeah yeah um so through all of this it would be quite draining on you i would imagine for any number of reasons how are you feeding yourself how are you feeding your soul right now well, um, I will say the one thing I had to learn over there mm-hmm. was the importance of community. And yeah. I think the one thing I was so used to having here was like the link group, connect group, sure. small group that I w- was missing over there. And so even though the church I was going to, they did not have any type of small groups at the time, I found another church that um, had connect groups. They call them connect groups. Mm-hmm. And one was out my way, and I got to plug into a great group. Oh, good. That, that not only, like, there's some Zambians, but there's also expatriates. Okay. So, so which was actually a really big help because they're, I can talk to Zambians all the time, but mm-hmm. there's, um, I think it's the people that are over there, like, as missionaries that that can really relate to the different struggles that you have when you're there. Sure. Um, So it was great to get connected to some other people that are going through similar experiences. Right. So that's been a big help. Um, And like when it comes to feeding my soul, there's actually a book I've started reading recently um, called God Distorted Mm. by John Bishop. Okay. And it talks about um, how we view our heavenly father and how sometimes our earthly father can distort that image. Sure, sure. And it's definitely been something I think I've been lacking in my intimacy with God. Mm. And I feel like um, right now he's leading me into a deeper intimacy with him. Mm. And some wrong beliefs or wrong views of him are things that I need to let go of. Right, right. That's good. So community and intimacy with the father good stuff so what's what's on the horizon for you what when are you going back what's the plan so the plan i uh i was hoping actually to go back on february 12th but fundraising i need it's getting pushed a little bit so as soon as i get to 100 percent funded okay i will be buying my ticket and heading back so i'm hoping within the next week we can have two weeks okay. that that will that I will actually be back. Well, we will we will pray <laughs> with you for that yeah. for that to happen. Kate, thank you so much for sharing. 
today. I'm so encouraged by your your faith and your cur and your courage and um, the stories that you've told us today. I think it's precious. Um, f- listeners, uh, find me, find Jen, find Kate at church on Sunday, and let us know um, if you can help Kate raise her funds to get back there and help all those kids, including little Moses. I'm going to be praying for him. If you'd like more information about Horizon Church, check out our website at horizontowson.com. We are a community where you will be loved and have opportunities to be loved. Thanks for joining us on the horizon.